not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. But did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Terror, horror, death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, everybody. I missed you. I missed you so damn much. It has been another great few weeks on the campaign trail. Intense, inspiring, humbling, exhausting, not sleepifying, word imaginationing. Okay, it's four in the morning, and I'm going to cut to the chase. We got a great episode for you today. Another We the People, first one we had done in a couple months. An incredible all-star lineup for this one as well. We are talking impeachment. If Biden needs to step down or if he can somehow get woke. And, of course, whatever the fuck Trump is doing in Syria. So, on account of uh, all that, we have quite a fiery discussion with, like I said, a fantastic panel, famed Time Magazine columnist Joel Stein, from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, Helen Hong, on the left, and then on the right, we've got Cassie Dillon, winner of the Reagan Award from the Daily Wire, and Brian Suits on KFI Radio's Dark, Sark, and Dark, but mostly Dark Secret Place. I'll repeat that intro in a second, after the monologue. And here, without further ado, my good brain trusty friends, is we the people. Hello! Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for being here. How y'all doing? It's good to see you guys. You watch the debate tonight? No. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you did or didn't, smart move. Smart move. Um, a lot of big stuff happening lately. I'm just going to recap some of it for you, just a little bit of it. This week, Chipotle announced that it would be offering its employees a tuition assistance program. But in typical Chipotle style, they made clear that it would be extra to add guacamole. <laughs> Jokes get worse, don't worry. <laughs> An ex-NASA scientist stated that proof of life on Mars was discovered back in the 1970s. The Trump administration quickly reacted by announcing a travel ban for all green people. <laughs> then Trump shared a video on Twitter of Marvin the Martian vowing to destroy the Earth. <laughs> The game Fortnite, you guys in serious news, the game Fortnite came back online on Tuesday after being off for two days. The downtime, however, allowed the state of California to keep its power grid up and running for an additional nine hours. <laughs> a lot of insults. Anyway, the average <laughs> cost of a gallon of gasoline in California is now $4.18. But if you want to add guacamole to it, it'll be a little extra. That is what is known in comedy as a callback. A dip-based callback. The movie The Joker has faced a lot of criticism. 
because many people refuse to believe that a mentally ill person can get a large portion of the population to embrace hatred and an overall disdain towards decency. <laughs> Trump has watched it 27 times. I'm your partial moderator. Nancy Pelosi announced that the House would begin an impeachment inquiry into President Trump after a whistleblower came forward and shared that the president had asked the president of Ukraine to investigate his political opponent, Joe Biden. President Trump stated that it was the perfect phone call, okay? <laughs> and that nothing he did was illegal. Right before asking the Chinese government to investigate Joe Biden live on television. <laughs> proving to this 20-year veteran of comedy that sometimes the biggest laughs you get come from just reading the headlines out loud. There was no joke added to that one. <laughs> Yahoo announced today that certain account holders would be eligible for $358 in a settlement for a 2016 data breach which gave hackers your email and password. Or you could accept a gift from a prince from Nigeria just by giving them your mother's maiden name. So you had either option on that. I think I've made clear from these few minutes of jokes that it is time for the panel. <laughs> I'm going to create a little bit of room so humans can pass. Ladies and gentlemen, our first guest tonight is famed Time Magazine columnist for over 20 years, writer on the television show American Princess, which I was on and played him on, which is pretty weird, and author of the new book In Defense of Elitism. Please welcome Joel Stein, everybody. Right here sounds good to me. Say hello so the people on the podcast know who you sound like. Sexy. That was should, good. should I sit? Is that weird? Next you know, you should totally sit. You'll be standing. I'm gonna sit as soon as everybody else is out. That's a long I feel like time. I know. I used to always sit and then let them walk by, and then they were standing and I was sitting. It yeah. never worked out great. So <laughs> thanks for bringing the show to a halt, Joe. Our next guest is a comedian best known for her work on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And has also been a contributor on CNN, The Young Turks, and The Stephanie Miller Show. Please say hello to Helen Hong, everybody. Hello, Helen. I'm wearing wee boobies. Yes. The sexiest tassel in the business. Uh, because our lovely host, Ben Glebe, is running for president. That's correct. Nice. Y'all didn't know. We are now, and Joel has a button, we are now the, 20, the 19th highest fundraising Democratic campaign, so we're getting some momentum. That's nice. For real, it's not a joke. I don't know why you laugh at that. Who's A lot of hard work going into this year's laughing in my face. What? Who's 18? Who do you have to pass? Who's 18? Yeah. What do you mean? You're the 19th? Oh, Did yeah. you just give us that information? Yes, I did. I don't okay. know who 18th is. It's whoever whoever hasn't dropped out that was on the first debates, like Tim Ryan. Oh, oh Eric Swalwell or something. That's great. No, Swalwell's not counting anymore because he's out. What about oh. Marianne Williams? Because we're 29th <laughs> overall, but then once 29. you subtract all the ones that have dropped out, we're right. 19th. Um. Okay. So that's how you get in that math. You see? We back up all of our numbers. He's an actual campaign. journalist, so he wants the facts. <laughs> that's fair. And the TV writer now, so then he wants to also distort the facts and ruin our culture. <laughs> That's our two Democrat candidates and our two Republican candidates on the right. She's been a contributor to the Daily Wire, the Washington Post, winner of the 2019 Ronald Reagan Award, and creator of the popular blog, The Lone Conservative. Welcome back, Cassie Dillon, everybody. Welcome. Hello, Cassie. Hey, great. 
great in the debate stage tonight. That's hurtful. That's hurtful. <laughs> I like the sticker. I would like to point out that Cassie's also wearing a Believe 2020 sticker, but upside down, oh. Frank Underwood style. Oh, I had no idea. I like that very much. <laughs> and our last panelist, but not least, a regular here also on We The People, a United States veteran of three wars, ladies and gentlemen. He is the host of Dark Secret Place on KFI Radio. Please welcome Brian Suits, everybody. With two upside-down blue stickers. I'm wearing blue movies, but upside-down. I love that. Sexiest tassels in the business. So nice, I'll say it. You should charge for these. I do talk, typically, but to panelists who don't get paid, oh, we give you free stickers. Okay, thank you. I feel special. You got a button, Joel. You got the special one. Wow. I want a button. I can hook you up with a button. Don't worry about that. Not so special anymore. Well, <laughs> it's pretty easy to that's, get. That's an accurate point, Joel. I was just trying to butter you up earlier. Um, we're going to start, as we always do, with a can we all agree. It's something we hopefully can all agree on before we get into the more contentious topics. Uh... This one is going to sound dark, but it's not as dark as the happy ending. He was found alive. Oh, God. <laughs> Get ready. A newborn baby was discovered buried alive in a New Delhi cemetery this week. They got him out. But can we all agree that these timeouts are getting a little ridiculous? <laughs> I'm always in favor of... Uh, am I on? This mic does not sound on to me. I'm always in favor of live babies. <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer live babies. I agree with that. Is your mic not fixable? Do you want to test it? Check, check, baby, check. We've never gotten everything right first try on this show. Why? We're only live streaming to the world. Hello, everybody on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in. XLR. XLR. Please share this uh, broadcast so other people can watch and know about it. I don't know. I've met a few babies that... <laughs> yeah. You think they should be what? Put on timeout or yeah. buried alive? We didn't go with timeouts. We, they, I think Smart. people have found that they don't, they're not effective, right? Yeah. It's so, a weird thing. I heard I that. Timeouts. Yeah. yeah, because... What, the kid goes to his room? Does the story say why the infant was in the grave? <laughs> I, I sense we're missing something. Well, no, it does not say why. But I'll tell you this much. He was India, probably right? a real dick, this kid. <laughs> <laughs> I have no comments on this one. <laughs> All right, we're going to move to our main topic then. Our first of three main topics. While we try to work on a microphone for oh, veteran of our wars. Not give me even a sound system, huh? Thank me for my service. Which, I will. Which, which words? It's still not working on mic. It does not sound as strong as my mic. Check, check. Oh, that's right. a little bit better. Okay. No, you're right. Over. Which, I just want to know which words. Which, which words do you want to tell us? The War of 1812. Oh, my God. <laughs> I failed to protect the White House. That's on me. It burned right down. Yeah. Too. No, uh, the, the Desert Storm 1.0, uh, Bosnia, and the Desert Storm 2.0, I'm back. That's what I call it. Wow. Wow. Desert Storm 2.0. This time it's personal. Yeah. Which it was. It was to avenge the attempted death of George Bush. I gotta say, I I have the best parking you've ever seen in your life, thanks to Chinese iron in me. And Mm -hmm. quick, quick tip. After your first Purple Heart, uh, just take cover. <laughs> because here's the thing, when you when you pull up to Best Buy, you can't park any better right. than where you are. Strong it's not park. like on the second Purple Heart that lets you go to the 4K fucking TVs. Right. No, you're still there at the curb. It's about to walk in and walk to the back of the store. I think if you have two Purple Hearts, there. you should get a free TV at Best Buy. I know. And on the third one, you still pee normally, but you're still stuck in the parking lot and all that. So anyway, just get the one. Get the one. Just, is the ceremony exactly the same each time? or did they... Yeah, they hand you the medal and you go what? back to duty. They don't. They don't do it. And now again. Yeah. No. It's, it's, like a better case. This is not Vietnam. I'm not John Kerry. It's like what, what is it? Uh, Lieutenant Seuss <laughs> got another one. Uh, you're leaving at six a.m. tomorrow. And I go all right. 
Call my wife. And, and where, I got a second one. Where yeah. do you keep them? Well, I'd show you, but uh, no, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're hanging up. You know, my daughter loves them. My da- you know, they're purple. Oh, this isn't like it's a Pulp Fiction watch situation. No, no, no. no that, quick, it's, it's, and also, she goes to, she will go, when she's 18, she will go to UC or Cal State schools for free. So my third piece of advice. She can go three times. Yeah, she can be a PhD. My, my third piece of advice is when people say get down, take a half second. Catch it, your kids will thank you. Your, your bank account will thank you. Is it a little bit like when you're serving the country and you get injured and you get a purple heart and they do the ceremony, they might rush it, but it's a little bit like a Meryl Streep situation. Everybody's like, it's going to be suits again. We know it's going to be suits. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I was, I was called the, uh, the shit magnet. That's what they call it. Oh, wow. I like that name. Love that. All right. Um, well, thank you again for your service. No, please. And we'll work on getting you a TV. I'd like to get you a TV. <laughs> Our first topic, impeaching an orange. The House has initiated a formal impeachment inquiry against the orange monster, Tiny Brain Trump, charging him with betraying his oath of office by seeking to enlist a foreign power to tarnish a rival for his own political game. At issue are allegations that Mr. Trump pressured the president of Ukraine to open a corruption investigation of former Vice President Joe Biden and his son, Trump administration has vowed not to cooperate, which they feel with which, what, with what they, with which, which, with? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with what they feel is a witch hunt and ongoing presidential harassment, which the Democrats are using because they can't possibly beat Trump in the 2020 election. Trump claims the call went perfectly. There was no quid pro quo offered in relation to the frozen aid. Although we can probably all agree the now famous call was unethical. Were the president's actions an impeachable offense? And the president acted above the law, or is it just a continuation of the witch hunt that has been happening since Trump took office? Long question over. Panel. This is the first I've heard of any of this. (laughs) Shocking. Famed reporter, huh? The media has been silent. I I wrote a piece for the Washington Post on Sunday's opinion section, like everyone else in the world, uh, about impeachment. And I think it's a really bad idea. And I know that doesn't make me popular on this side of the aisle. Uh, but I feel, and I, I've just written this book called In Defense of Elitism, so I have a pretty singular lens that I'm looking at things through. But I think that a lot of the anger that brought Trump to office was at the, at the elites, at the people running our country. And, there, and I think impeachment, I love impeachment. I'm an elitist. Like, I love the idea of these arcane rules and then it goes in front of the Senate, and the, Su- the Supreme Court justice wears his robe and presides. Like I love everything about it. It's like a Ken Burns documentary waiting to happen. But I think it's it's seen as elitist and tricky and lawyer like. And there's and it's not people voted. And then to to take away their vote through what I think it's first, and it's also not going to work. He, he's not going to get in any kind of time frame that that exists before this election. The Senate is not going to throw him out. The Republican base is not going to throw him out. So he's going to feel exonerated or claim he is. We've gone through what seems like an elitist process. And I think it plays into his belief that it's a messed up, corrupt world. And you pick the guy from your tribe who's the most corrupt. I did not agree with you until earlier today. Like, I was like, impeach the fucker. You know, let's go on record. You know, he's just a fucking troll shit show. Let's just go on record for officially making him a troll shit show. Until I read, an, I, I heard of NPR piece today that said um, uh, farmers in this country, you know, they're getting shafted right now because of the tariffs. And so his approval rating was actually dipping down 
amongst farmers until the impeachment process started. And now it's back up to like 75% where the farmers are like, well, I know I'm going bankrupt, but that's my God. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're coming after him, then I am suiting up. And I was like, oh my God. So it really is engaging his base. They really feel like his man is getting picked on. And it's the world true. in which somebody feels, though, that the person that is in charge of the country is enacting policies that hurt them, so they start turning against that those policies, and they're like, but he is right, this is not cool to him only, we must rally around it. That's, I mean, that, that it was the most insane That's of insane. all the groups. Farmers! The farmers who are getting shafted the I've hardest. Been, I've been spending a lot of time with farmers in Iowa on the campaign trail. And not the way Joel's eyes just made it sound. <laughs> I've been, you know, on the campaign trail, Iowa, and, and... But you have to sleep on my barn with my yeah, dogs. That's correct. <laughs> correct. That was always my favorite joke as a child. It was the fantasies that un unfurled were wonderful. But um, I heard so many of them that, well, honestly, they were kind of split. I found a lot of farmers that were really being hurt by the tariffs. The pork farmers especially were being affected because... Specifically with, with, with the Chinese tariffs, China eats a lot of the part of the pig that the 20% of the pig that nobody else eats. The nobody butts. else buys. Is it the butts? Yeah. The, no, actually, the, it's the not the butts. Parts. You know why? Because the butts turn into, um, into uh, no, uh, calamari. Pork into butt? Donald Trump's First of all, that is fake news. That is fake news. No, 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 Secondly, not. a pork butt is. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> what? We don't eat the pork butt? No, I didn't say the butt. I just said the part. I think it might be intestines, whatever okay. part. What the 20% of the of the pig that most of the world won't eat, China does. And so they're buying less of our pork, and you can't be a successful pork farmer only selling 80% of your pig. You have to sell 100% of your pig. Okay, well, so those people are against it. But a lot of other farmers, even though they're being hurt with soybeans and things like this, they are willing to take it on the chin sure. because yeah. we do have to correct things to some degree with China. I would say take it up the ass. But that's no you weirder, would say that. yeah. that's no weirder like than yeah. billionaires and millionaires saying tax me. Like we people right. don't vote in their right. own interest. They right. vote for what they think is best for society. Which is nice. Yeah. Well, Although I feel like Republicans often don't. Cassie. Well, first the tax the tariff issue is being solved right now. They they just came to a formal agreement. It's gonna be it's gonna be finalized very soon, so that's that's coming to a close. Uh, he's been telling the farmers that it's why do you think that? Why it's coming to a close? Because they just announced the agreement. They announced who's they and what the agreement. The Trump administration announced their agreement that they're starting to finalize with China. They announced an agreement that they're starting to finalize. They're starting an agreement that they will be in the future so the starting to finalize. First, Mexico's paying for the wall. Work. Then they're finalizing the agreement. Listen, this is how negotiation works in foreign policy. They come up with an agreement, people who are lower level, and then the higher levels... Negotiate. That's not an agreement, then. Yes, it is. They already have the framework for it. And that's the most important part. They have all the big things settled out. But back to impeachment. I love impeachment. I think this is awesome. I think it's saving the Republican Party a lot of money. We don't have to make campaign ads anymore. You guys are making them for us. Um, and what's going to happen is exactly what you said. It's going to go to the Senate. They're not going to pass it through the Senate. And then he's going to feel exonerated. And, and that, that's where Joel's absolutely correct. I mean, I'm with him strategically. If I was advising Democrats, I would say, you know what? Let the adults in the room take charge because all you're doing is providing the GOP and Trump 2020 B-roll for the 2020 commercials, period. Because this, in Iowa and anywhere they have pigs, um, <laughs> this, this uh, in spite of the fact that, that uh, you know, this might seem counterintuitive to their personal interests and all that, they're attacking Trump. So the, you think these people in 2016 somehow changed their loyalty over that. No, you impeach him. Uh, and by the way, and we're, Cassie and I were talking about this before, foreign intelligence services have already advised their governments in Canada, Britain, France, Italy, and Germany. 
stay with this guy, you're going to deal with him for five more years. He's going to be reelected. We're one year out, and there were 12 people on that. There, there's four more cogent people here than there were on that stage tonight. Yeah, we're one only year one out. of them's eligible for your vote, you guys. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, Lee2020.com. <laughs> Thank you, Ken Gar, founding father in the back, who will chime in normally with inappropriate things, but this time, spot on. Spot keeping on. it on. Keeping it on. Um, so now I'm torn because. I very much believe in impeachment because I just think certain things are beyond the pale. I think certain things but, need to be followed by the letter of the law and political is, consequences shall be. This is a this is a political action that's built in the Constitution. It's, it's a political tool. If it's not going to get you the end that you want, I, but, and it's going to damage your chances, why would you do it? I remember being in middle school and thinking, oh. You know, learning about Nixon getting impeached and being like, oh, the president gets impeached and then he gets fired from the White House. But that's not what happens. And right. when I learned that, I was like, what yet. the fuck? How you old just, are you? You just get a slap, <laughs> on, just get a slap on the wrist. And that's, like, where, that's where Nixon was the last honorable man, oddly enough, because he resigned. Exactly. It never got to impeachment. Oh, God. So <laughs> on, the, on the right, we're defining honorable... As person who commits major crimes, then says, shit, I'm about to be removed from office. Let me save face for a second and resign. I give you Richard. You won't have me to kick a rock anymore. Millhouse Nixon. <laughs> oh, my Lord. There's no music so, for that. So for one minute, let's... That made less sense to me than the trade thing. Yeah, so for one second, let, let's discuss, before we even get to if it's even worth it for a moral standpoint, I think there's some chance, because we all know that privately and even... Oftentimes, before they became on board the Trump train, most Republicans in Congress publicly hate Trump yeah. and, and and think he's a horrible risk to our democracy also and have said so. So I think there's some chance that if it's a sweeping vote in the House that Republicans also get on board for, because if they isolate it just to the Ukraine thing and not to all of it, not the Russia witch hunt, but just to Ukraine, they said this actually is directly quid pro quo, and they proved that Giuliani was working around the official channels of government, and there's proof of this call that just in that one thing they can say, sorry, this one thing is, is good, then the Senate may also no. remove him, there's the and, they get, and done, they get Pence. They've done nothing in the last three years that would make you think that this is the thing that's going to turn them. The base, there hasn't the been any hardcore proof yet. Though, like this. They hate him, and they're still, they know politically. You don't they think have this is a different him. situation a no. little bit? No. Because no, of the, just because of the basic it's so direct complex. evidence of it? it doesn't there, seem to matter. There would be zero popular support for it because it's so complex that people have to discover where Ukraine is. They have to stop saying the Ukraine. We don't say the Canada. Some people say the Ukraine, though. They're, they're fucked up. They're well, idiots. I like saying the Ukraine. Wait, it's not Ukraine. the Ukraine. We have two Ukrainians <laughs> back there. No, there's no definite article. It's, it's, it's Mexico, it's Canada, it's Ukraine. Yeah, but it's the United States of America. Oh, shit. How you like that? Oh, it's the <laughs> yeah. Ben Glee, 2020. Right. And by the way, <laughs> the president of Ukraine is a comedian. Oh, shit. Yes. Comedy writer. And comedy writer. Yes. He was a comedian just six months ago. Yes. Before Hashtag he real facts. Might have actually given us what we need to take Trump down. So comedians can do a lot of good in the world. Just keep that in mind. Look, impeachment is safe for high crimes and misdemeanors. The Trump yeah. base does not see it that way. I think focusing solely on Ukraine is an idiotic strategy. If you're going to talk more about the Kurds, which we'll get to later, that's the issue that's winning Republicans over against Trump right now. Not Kiss Ukraine. Not impeachable. Yes, but it's, he's not going to get removed. It's not going to happen. What you need to do is, as a Democrat, I'm giving Democrats free advice, is you need to get the Republicans against him. Right now, the Ukraine thing is only appeasing to your own base. Talking about the Kurdish thing is what's getting Republicans not to like him. No voter cares about foreign policy. I disagree. People are speaking out like crazy right now that I've seen on the Republican side. Well, 
but also do elected officials. But also do do Democrats need to get Republicans on board? There's so many millions of independents that don't vote that if you just mobilize those people and you actually fight hard on the side that of what you believe in, uh, like I was said in the debate a few times tonight, is that I think Mayor P keeps talking about this isn't going to read well. I don't think you can run a country or a campaign on what's going to read well. You have to run based on morals and based on your heart and what is right. There has to be lines you do not cross. The morals ship has sailed. We have a pussy grabber in the White House. The morals ship has sailed. Ukraine is coming off as a partisan issue, so it's isolating independence. They're not seeing it. How does that come off as a partisan issue? I want to discuss how how is it possible that direct transcript released by the White House. There's no spin possible. Where the whole call, the president of Ukraine well, it's not a is trying. Correct. It's correct. not a direct transcript. Correct. But it's released by the White House. It's their version Maybe of what Trump's happened. memory. It, it's not a high crime or misdemeanor. So even in their version of it, the president of Ukraine, President Zelensky, keeps saying, "We need this. We need that. We want to buy more of your javelins, etc." And Trump just keeps saying, "Great." And investigate Biden and do this. And then we find out that the aid was withheld specifically and went around the channels of officially releasing that aid for this reason. How does that not read well in Republican because because I'm, I'm driving in my F-150 through Iowa on my, on my way to Montana. Of course, an F-150. It's the biggest selling oh. car in America. And all I know is that man. Hunter Biden was the son of the vice president, and that Obama didn't investigate him. There's some corruption here. <laughs> the deal... Trump has a point, and that's a problem. And then Adam Schiff is going on and lying in Congress and misquoting the president and making it sound a lot worse than what it was. That's how it plays as a a partisan issue. And that's where also we need to stop being so blindly loyal to both parties because... Democrats should say, yeah, it's also pretty fishy that Biden's son is on these boards of Chinese companies and of Ukrainian companies. And he just today said that it was inappropriate of him to be on some of those boards. And then Biden's like, he didn't do anything wrong. I stand by him. And we should be focusing on the corruption of Trump. Well, you're not really dissuading the information very, very well there. I think Trump wins when he claims that there's corruption everywhere. When he points out... Because we all know he's corrupt, right? right? If, and if he can paint a corrupt world where everyone has to look out for themselves and every country is corrupt and we have to look out for our own country, we live in the world of the Sopranos then. Mm. And he's, he's, our, he's our Tony Soprano. If you're, People if you're, love Tony Soprano. If you're in his tribe, <laughs> which well, I am not. Well, he would just disappear to black. Oh, <laughs> I'm still confused. Uh, yeah. What? Only not really. I can explain it at the end, guys. So, God, because I guess I'm the only one standing in the way now of us all agreeing we should not impeach him. But I guess. But but I do agree with you that what he did is illegal, insane. Yeah, we're not saying that. Yeah, he's absolutely a a law-breaking trash bag. Yeah, it is. It is a high crime to use the office solely for your personal gain and not care about the country. He is destroying democracy. Yes, he is. And we need to. We need to restore it. Simultaneously advancing the foreign policy goals of our number 1.5 international yes. foe. Somewhere in a foxhole, a Ukrainian private's wondering where his javelin refill is because there's another yes. hand coming. And that, that's the, the, the fundament of it. That, that's un-American. It's not how we do this. Right, so we're turning the tide here. We're going for impeachment. I'm going to take a vote in a minute no, for no, impeachment. No. Wait, but let me make one last argument. Because since you agree, Joel, that we don't need the weeks. I'm a Democrat running for office, so I can say we this time. I try usually not to use that... Gerund during moderation. Three on two. Is that oh, yeah. Gerund? It's not. It's a pronoun. Keep going. Okay, what do Gerunds do? I don't care. Play there. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, I'm not very good at the details of the Can you not pronoun my Gerund, please? <laughs> <laughs> 
so if you agree we, that the, uh, we do not need to get Republicans on board, then I think you galvanize the base of the Democrats and the independents that fucking hate Trump, even Republicans hate Trump, by impeaching him. And even if you get five Republican votes in the House, and even if you get three Republican votes in the Senate, you can say, we impeached him, and even in the Senate, three Republicans voted against him because they know he's corrupt, and the rest are protecting him. Let's get this corrupt monster out of office. Wouldn't that be more effective and use their own ads against him? We impeached this president. Let's get him now out of office. That that works for the you of the world. That doesn't work in the purple districts where they care about actual things. Yeah. I I would like him gone. Yeah, And I think what he's doing is... Destructive and horrifying, but I just want the best strategy for doing so. I I completely agree. I would rather him gone than impeached. You know what I mean? Like, whatever is going to get us to get him to go the fuck away. And that's a more satisfying resolution that could really change this Republican Party if he loses an election. And I'm telling you, I just heard this thing where it's like these fucking farmers... Like, his approval rating was at, like, 60, and then as soon as the impeachment hearing, it's now back up to 75! Also, he's not the problem. And they're going bankrupt because of him. He's not the problem. People voted for him are the problem. So, uh, we can, we got, we're lucky. We got the dumb version. We could have got what, you know, Europe is getting the smarter versions of these populists. Well, no, but I know you spent... Well, better dressed. <laughs> in research, <laughs> they can rock an open collar. True. Hey, look at this right here. I know, you look at you. And then, by the way, you understand that there is a farm bailout bill bigger than the uh, the Obama 2012 auto bailout bill. It, it, no, yeah. I don't know why it's not being covered, but right. it's bigger than the auto bailout. He 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 bought Billy Bob. You know, I mean, and and by the way, farm subsidies for making up for misguided policies in our trade. It's called, also known as socialism. You guys. Well, it goes back on. It's known as socialism. It goes back to 1932, also. It's socialism, Cassidy. That's exactly what it is. You can't call socialism when it's only on the side you don't like. But it's not. So, what it's doing is it's not putting things into state control. What it's doing is it's trying to. I mean, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's a good it idea. It is the government but, trying to use money in a, not a free market way to regulate and adjust for situations to make them more fair and better for as many people as possible. It's a definition of socialism. But it's not something that's supposed to be permanent. It's something that's supposed to be temporary. It's not supposed to be the government taking over our state institutions or our but state billion, organizations. How long billions of dollars, though. More than the auto bill. Sugar I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. I don't. And even just tariffs alone are socialist. I don't think tariffs are a good idea either. Right. I think he's trying the, to have a bargaining chip and it's starting to it's so big, it would have put There's a woman on the moon in 1969. <laughs> Damn, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Well, like, they have different needs. Let's I don't either. I don't know that Chinese shrapnel's trying to take over. <laughs> so, Joel, I know for your... I know we're going to wrap this topic up in a second and move on, but for your book, In Defense of Elitism, it just was released very recently. On Tuesday, a couple it's days from now. A couple days from now. Yeah. By the time I release this, it'll have been a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. No, I'm not the quickest I'm releasing these always. I'm going to okay. try to turn it around faster. Right. Um, you spent a lot of time in the most pro-Trump county in America, Miami, Texas. Yes, that's the highest percentage of Trump voters in the Miami, country. Miami, that sounds Japanese. It is. It's, it does. it's Miami. It's Miami. It's so Miami, it's pronounced Miami. Oh, my, oh, my so Miami. Racist. Sorry. Okay. And <laughs> she's Asian. She yeah. can say it. I'm um, not say Japanese. It. Can she can say, say Miami. <laughs> she can say Miami if she wants. She can say Miyama. <laughs> So, Joel, what what did you find that makes these people vote what you term as against their interests? Why do they support Trump if it's a person they acknowledge is not of the moral fiber of the president? Yeah. So I went there thinking, I, I was very scared to go there as a Jew. And I thought I would meet a bunch. I read Hillbilly Elegy. Okay, defend that. Yeah. yeah. I did. did I miss something? 
No. Did I stop reading World War II in 1945? Why, as a Jew, are you afraid to go to Texas? Uh, too, it, was a, it was a lot of Texans in the audience. <laughs> People yeah, walking my hands like, Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I was, I've never been somewhere that rural. It's, uh, it was, and I felt, it was a 100% white and Christian, and I'd never been that out of my element. I've always lived in super blue places. That sounds really insular. You're yeah. afraid, as yes. a Jew, yeah. to it's go to really a Christian insular. place. Yeah, I've lived in Manhattan and Los Angeles. No way. And Palo Alto and yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, another exactly. reason. Why Maybe I the problem to... is you, Joel. Well, that's why I went. Well, right? and uh, by the way, yeah. I agree with your title in defense of elites. You do. Explain. I, I'll, I'll buy it. I don't care. I don't care what's between the covers. I'm going to buy it. Wow. You're defending elites. I can. Yes, and I feel like what we are... if you want to yeah. Bemidji, Wisconsin? Right. Some of Norwegians like me. There's no Jews in Norway. Right. <laughs> I don't know. What's We've sidetracked. Right? So what did you find? What did you, did you feel find? the same way as going to Miami, Texas? It's Miami. Lack of Miami. How are you treated there? So well. Oh, uh, really? Wow. I, uh, yeah, shocker. <laughs> they were. Uh, yeah, I didn't. And so, what did you learn about them and their Trump reasons? So, I feel like uh, we, as people, notice acceleration more than speed. And what they're noticing, when you ask them if they feel like Christians or whites are discriminated against more than black people, they all say yes. And, and what they were noticing is a decrease in power. And that, and a lot of change taking place very quickly that they don't feel that they like Wait, or they, included in. They can, genuinely can, feel can like confirm. white Christians. Cr- they, they genuinely feel white Christians are more persecuted than blacks in this country. Yes. And they're, they're wow. living during but, the Crusades. But what he said, what he wow. said is that well, they're the detecting a loss of influence. And that is the hangover. That's, that's, that was their takeaway of eight years of Obama. That's and, the bottom line. And that's why they told you they voted for Trump. is because they felt like they were losing power. They do not like the direction this country is going to. They don't like the changes that are taking place. But what place. was the number they one feel, reason you heard? Um, I really talked to them more about elitism. The number one reason they would give for voting for Trump was they don't like the direction this country is going, they feel ignored by the coastal elites. Or, or the people in Austin and the people in Washington making laws who don't understand their lives. There's a really famous journalist uh, who got famous during is the election. Her name, is Selena Z- <laughs> Her name is Selena Zito. She worked for um, a local paper in New York and got picked up by the examiner. And she has a rule that she does not take airplanes or highways. And she goes to Trump com- uh, country and she was the only one to say on national television that Trump was going to win, and because she was in these con- these different counties. And she said the number one reason was the economy. They were upset about the economy, and she just finished her second tour, and she said nothing has changed, except for Trump has implemented these opportunity zones, which are these zones that Ivanka has been pushing, to bring in money into the inner cities, into the rural counties, and it's driving more people to vote for him. So I would say the number one reason is the economy. And she went all around the country, not just to one I, I, city in Texas. I agree with Joel, though, is because, it, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a historic demographer. And when, when majorities you lose their majority, <laughs> um, like, and we're living in one. 20 years ago, this was a 71% white state. And uh, now uh, white honky McGill is, is now the second largest uh, ethnicity in California. And you can see conservative white people in California doing the same thing. Because in the, the California GOP are basically the guys who play the Globetrotters. And the people they nominate are th- that nutbag who got caught with a gun in his bag at Riverside Airport. I forgot his name. Tim Unelected. I forgot. But the, the California GOP is, is unviable because the only people that rise to the top are the ones saying, 
you know, what we made this place. We built the dams, we found the gold, and, and then the, the Hispanics are taken from us. It, it, you know, instead of embracing conservative Hispanics, the California GOP is, is feeding, you know, the, the second place people, the white Californians, into feeling persecuted. And, and this is the nationalism, populism, and anti-elitism you're seeing in all of these countries. Yeah. This is Brexit, this is, this is Marie Le Pen, this is, this is everywhere. And, and it's this massive change that occurred that I can't put my finger on. I don't know if it's, if it's globalism or not. In Europe, they imported it. Out of guilt, they imported it. Now, they stopped making Norway, Norway, and Belgium, Belgium. They imported it. But it's not, it's not about race. I, I just got back from Brazil two days ago. It's I about went, culture? Or what is the, what it's is about, say? It's about they're afraid of globalism. So I just got back from Brazil. I was invited there by the president's family. And I met with thousands of young Brazilians who are worried that the elites in Europe are telling them how to run their country. And there's thousands of them there of all colors, all races. It's not about race. But that's Brazil. People. We're talking about the United States, We're and it is about, about race. Brexit. It is about, about Brexit. He was well, talking so, about other countries. So too. what is the defense of elitism? It seems everything you're saying is against elitism, and people feel like we're getting we're, we're valuing too much the elite. So what is your defense of elitism? What is the core? Yeah, of I the think that, I think we've turned to a, a place where people think that they can operate from their gut, and that that we don't need any expertise. And I, you know, we elected a president who clearly, no matter even if you like his policies, he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. He doesn't know how to do it. And we thought that was okay. And it's and we're doing more and more of that. And we're gonna, we want to burn the system down. I mean, even listening to this debate tonight, there was a lot of like anti expertise and like we need to totally throw the system away. Like the reason I wrote a book that I think is funny is because. I think the situation we're in is ridiculous. Like when I was growing up, if you told me there was going to be a populist nationalist revolution in our country, I would have been like, oh, there was an economic collapse, right? There was, was there a national disaster? Was there a war? Things were going really well and suddenly people freaked <laughs> out. Like this seems like an unforced error that I am right. very nervous about. Just because Trump convinced people that it's not Trump, they were though. not being like, represented. I, I, I really want to take the focus off Trump. Like he was the, the doofus who happened to be in the right place at the right time. I agree. Yeah. I think that I think it was a time that everybody, that so many people in the country wanted to just throw a brick through the window, and he was the brick that was close. Which is why him. the biggest error in, in history that, that the Democrats have made is the Not, DNC putting their foot on the scale against Bernie, because amen. the two populist yes. candidates against each other, populist anger candidates, would yes. have been the real fight. That My man Bernie, I'm sorry, I still I, to this day. I, feel I have like a question. There is there really is an airport in Riverside? <laughs> Free parking. Really? Wow. It's amazing. Insane. Yeah, can cool. I, Cassie, did you fly to Brazil from there when you no. or did you take Bill? the president's jet? We get it. <laughs> More important. Oh no, it's Ontario. Ontario. Let's move on. So what Ben Rui, what do we decide on this thing? Impeach, not impeach. I guess you we decided not one? impeach. Okay. I'm not endorsing it, but I think we decided as a panel, as a show. Do not impeach. Use your best strategy to get Trump out of office come November 2020. Um, I move still, to Florida. Yeah. All move right. to Florida. And Why Wisconsin, Florida? maybe. That's Florida decides who our president is. That's yeah. how our democracy works, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Almost always, it seems, it comes down to Florida. The one state that fucks Ohio. everything up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Can, uh, and <laughs> Can sleepy Joe Biden become woke? Joe Biden loves to remind us uh, that he was Barack Obama's right hand man. Oh my God, <laughs> I did not see the picture face. until now. <laughs> Get your fucking hands off me. In, in his defense, so he's kind of a hot milf. Oh my God. <laughs> no, that is. He is like, oh, it was so, a 
of the most expressive It is a photo of Joe massaging the shoulders and whispering in the ear of a woman. For those of you listening on the podcast. I would pay a thousand dollars. If there were, to find a picture like that of me and my wife, <laughs> <laughs> I would hang it everywhere. Yeah, that's in my a house. tender anniversary <laughs> Facebook post. Right she there. is just she is screaming inside. <laughs> Look at her eyes. She's, She's like, somebody please help me. She's loving it. I think it <laughs> is that a veto in your pocket or are you? Uh... <laughs> Joe Biden loves to remind us that he was Barack Obama's right hand man. That's how he found his way into America's hearts. Everybody. He was our lovable uncle. But just like your lovable uncle from back home, he's out of touch. Joe Biden is riddled with errors. He's not a bad man. He just needs to update his software. He's like a flip phone in an iPhone 11 world. (laughs) But during the woke era we're living in, is there room for error anymore? Cancel culture already tried to eat him alive for hugging people. Now, during these ongoing Democratic debates, he's been called out for saying things like he wants poor children in inner cities to have the same opportunities as white children. (laughs) And replying to a question about slavery said, quote, I don't feel any responsibility for anything that happened 300 years ago. (laughs) And let's try not to unpack the stuttering response he gave Anderson Cooper about linking gay marriage to bathhouses in San Francisco. (laughs) Should Sleepy Joe try to get woke or is it too late and he should drop out of the 20... 20 race. Oh my god, please drop out. His campaign started started as a wreck. He accidentally announced his campaign before he announced his campaign. He was giving a speech to donors and he literally said, and and that's why you should vote for me for... And then he stopped and he was like, oh no. And everyone started to to, to clap for him because he didn't even know how to control that. He has forgotten Obama's name. Tonight he confused Syria with Iraq. He is having all sorts of issues. I don't know why he's there. At least he didn't start it on an escalator. Okay. He's, 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 so, he's trapped in, mentally in like 1955, and he's desperately trying to be woke, but he's, you could just tell, like, even tonight during the debates, um, the question was about abortion. You know, and everyone was like, we gotta codify it, and we gotta make sure that it's st- a woman's right to ch- choose, and a woman has control over her body, and he's like, times have changed! that the only guy who has a hope of making independents hold their nose and vote for him versus Elizabeth Warren, then it's a done deal anyway. It's 11 and a half months, I mean 12 and a half months away. He's it. No, 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 no. no. Oh, no, he's it. No, I'm going to take your health insurance. I have great health insurance. Oh, I agree with you on health insurance. I agree with you. I'm not going to vote for, I don't care how fit a seven-year-old woman is with a tight ass, she's going to take my health insurance away. I don't care. We give Joe veterans Biden. leeway with certain jokes. Joe, Joe, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden is the only guy who has a shot to get independence off the ass. Andrew Yang. A, a year. A, no. Yes. No, 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 no. People say that he has the best chance against that's, Trump. I just want to throw that out. Andrew Yang. For you, yes. For you yes. And yes. Yes. To what? A most recent poll. Your yeah. magic eight poll. He is one of the higher polling candidates. The media won't let you know that, but he's like the yeah. fifth highest, highest yeah. polling yeah. candidate, and the media doesn't mention his name. But it's yeah. a year out from anyone giving a shit. Yeah. A year from now, when when the independents have to take an hour off to go vote, it's Biden and Trump. Or else Trump no. gets reelected. I agree. I, 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 Democrats kill me. I agree. You know, you, the, you, 
Republicans are not playing three-level Star Trek chess. They're playing just chess. Not even. Checkers. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Democrats are playing... Well, they're playing tic-tac-toe, and Republicans are playing checkers. 40. But, but no, it's, it's, it's insane. If you think any of those people but Biden have a shot... Well, I think any of those yeah. moderates have a shot. I think Tulsi Gabbard has a shot. Which one moderate? Somebody has to explain something to me. How possibly... And I've been saying this on the campaign trail to deaf ears. How... Does Joe Biden have any shot? He's the restoration. When literally he can't finish a sentence without yeah. blanking out. I Just agree. Trump will eviscerate that. I agree. Like you're saying, it's about strategy. It's not about someone's positions if they speak and they say, listen, folks, the point is, when I fixed America with Hussein and I, listen, folks, picture the assassination of Obama. Folks, I saw a guy, he got shot, and he didn't get shot. The point is, folks, I'm out of time. And let me just say, go to Joe 3030 and then email me. Remember, remember. What? And he can't finish a sentence. Yes. The best he will lose by a landslide. The, the best story ever was At the life Where Where Corn Pop. That's all real. Dude. I know, and all real. Out, turns out. Biden was 100% correct on the story from 1961. Wasn't that insane? You always remember your old stories better than your new stories. <laughs> it's not burned in your long-term memory yet, your new stories. I love the corn bob moment. It's the best. It's a Joe Memento Biden. No, I couldn't He's going to start getting tattoos on his body. Just Sharpie, yeah. I think, sure, listen to the debates. And another thing, 3030.com. Why is he taking his shirt off? Oh, that's how. I mean, he doesn't even make sense when he speaks. He literally is like saying, I'm the only one that's defeated the NRA. I've neutralized them. Have you? Are, are, are yeah. we not discussing a huge, urgent gun violence pro problem? How, please respond, Joel. How do you not realize that, and also Brian, that just the simple disposition, It's the, the, our politics is not about the details, it's about the messenger, and he can't deliver a message. You get a woman up there saying, I don't care if you like your insurance, I'm taking it away, because in the long run... It's unfortunate that's her plan, I grant you. That's a horrible... Who the fuck loves their insurance other than you? Uh, I, like I don't know, 85 million Americans. You are a veteran. Uh, I, no, sorry, I hate the VA. Yeah. If, 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 if you could spend a day with me in the VA... You would you would hang Bernie Sanders. <laughs> well, I would never hang Bernie. You would hang Bernie would Sanders. You could come with me to the strange story. leap there, but okay. <laughs> I'm the only one on the stage who has an answer to this question. Please, Joel. Uh, I think the whether Joe Biden, Joe Biden, you need a moderate if you're going to beat Trump in this far right moving era. You can't have someone who's going to be a socialist. People are more afraid of that than they are afraid of Trump. For I some agree. Reason. So. I also think, and I'm not advocating that Joe Biden is the moderate we need, but I do think senility, cluelessness, saying the wrong thing is baked into the cost of Joe Biden, the way that corruption and crudeness is baked into the cost of Trump. But it's a whole other level now, Joe. It's, it, I'm not exaggerating when yeah. I say almost every sentence. It's almost every sentence. There's a moment where he loses his train of thought and he doesn't finish his point. Or so how are you ever going to score a, a, a blow on Trump? You're, you can't you win any debate. He'll get crushed in a debate. Trump is so sharp and such a, an amazing shit talker, he will destroy will. Joe Biden. I'm I, not again to make an argument for myself, but I am much more of a moderate than Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. And the whole point of my campaign is you need a comedian to take down the heckler that is Donald Trump. You need someone who's sharp and who can effectively neutralize the points of this man that is so good at dismantling people through shit talking. He's the best at it. 
I'm one of the only few on the planet that's even better. Tonight, Bernie Sanders corrected I, Joe Biden. I agree. Go ahead. Bernie Sanders. I think, I think I'm about to get an endorsement here. Can, can confirm. Can confirm. Thank can you I very much. Can I just say Gleave2020.com? That's all I want to say. That is Ken Gar, senior strategist and treasurer of the campaign. Oh, so. oh, oh, I, I, money. I apologize to Cassie. Back to yeah. Cassie. Cassie. Well, I was just oh. saying that the fact that the guy that's older than him corrected him on stage today, it's kind of embarrassing. I agree. <laughs> Joe, is just, Joe is just checked out. And I disagree with you that we need a, mod- that a moderate is the only one that can beat Trump. I still think we're in the, in the feeling of we need a brick through the window, which is why uh, a lot of these progressive ideas are gaining traction. People are still in a mood of like, I want to break the whole fucking system. I hate the system. Nothing is working. Everything is a shit show right now, which is why we got the brick through the window of Trump. We need a different brick through the window, like Elizabeth Warren. So, I'm with you. Nominate a socialist. Do so, it. Okay, so Elizabeth Warren is not a socialist. This is how the dark ages happened, right? We just threw bricks through windows. I'm right. very nervous. Right. I like our well, 1934, actually. Oh, Crystal and I? I like our windows. Well, because you live with nice windows. Yeah, you're but an we, elite. I'm so, but no, we live in well, a you time. You can't reach the 80th floor. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we live in a time of super low unemployment. We live in a time where globalism no, has solved poverty in so many Everything places. It's not. Is a Things shit are show. so good. 1979 is a shit show. You know, the depression is a shit show. Can't Things defer. are so good right now. And it's a much less violent yes. time, historically speaking. Yes. And also, you have There's a violent crime of all forms. Firearm and bear arm is, at a, uh, is on a 30-year decline. And well, we just, we're at a 330 million population. But you know what we have less of now than any of those times is hope and optimism. Yes. And, that, and that's, and that's, that's what, that. And that is what counts. For your exactly, party, not but your it's, party. But it's, it's an FDR fear of fear itself. Like, things are okay. Well, no, out. no, no. Don't destroy everything. Here's where here's where I think it's fine to have a defense. You think elite. people are happy in Miyama, Texas? They're not. Everybody is fucked. Why is it so hard? demolished. <laughs> Okay, so, so let me let me well, you frame it like this. I agree that historically, in the historical perspective, it is a less violent time, and things and we are solving some diseases. But what we are not doing did the live stream just go down? Of course it fucking did, right? Yeah. Nothing can be good one time all the way through something. Holy can lord! Can we turn the air on? In yeah, here? it's a it's thousand like degrees in here. This is what I'm talking about. Things were fine. So <laughs> fine. Then the, then the bitching about the, the technology <laughs> and the air. So we're high. so spoiled. Yeah, the elitists. You we're notice the, the Republicans here. aren't complaining about like this. <laughs> okay, so let me finish making the point that I distracted and I apologize, but thank you very much. So. Napkin. We're all going to share this napkin, you guys. We got one napkin that came up from Ken for five minutes. Times are tough, people. There you go, Joel. <laughs> How much can you get on eBay for that? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. I would get my account shut down. Deep sweat. Okay, so the point I'm trying to make is that, yeah, things are better in that perspective, but people's lives are not easier. People are still struggling. I was with my Uber driver today driving from Inglewood back here, and he said to me that he came here from Turks and Caicos 40 years ago, and he said, we're still fighting, man. Nothing has changed. Maybe he's an idiot. No, (laughs) nothing has gotten better for us. Nothing's gotten better in the inner cities. Nothing's gotten better in our communities. And people are still struggling, and it's because... The system is broken, and I do agree with Helen's synopsis there that we need a, a window breaker, and that window is corruption. That's the one thing that I do wish you didn't talk about healthcare that way, but Elizabeth Warren is the strongest anti-corruption candidate other than my campaign as well. I was arrested three weeks ago in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol Steps protesting corruption, 
Elizabeth Warren speaks very strongly about it. We need somebody that is willing to stand up against the root cause of all of our biggest problems. Every, Stagnant every, wages, health care, environment, all of it is because we right. are not tackling the big money interest controlling our government. But every universally agreed metric of yes. poverty indicates that poverty is actually down. In America? Yeah, in the United States of America. 40% yeah. of America is in poverty. Because we raised the poverty line to 75000 bucks for no, it's not seventy-five thousand. It's forty thousand for two parents. In California, with it's two parents 000. and two kids. No, it's not. Can we you back, back up? You were in an Uber. Up real quick. You, you were in an Uber. Yeah. And what does that say? Says that I'm a man with people. This is ten years ago. You couldn't do that. We live in the most interconnected time of ever. Yeah. We live in a time where you can demand your food on your phone. You can yeah. call anyone you want to see. I can call my boyfriend who's deployed because I have a phone that allows me to do that. We are so interconnected and we are the most privileged time in our history right now. And yes. we want to shut that down with nationalism and tariffs and closing borders and like this. And ruining the environment and not working together to fix the planet. Another very insightful thing. I know where thing. are the parts in our phone from? Like where, how would that shut that down? Who are the immigrants who built Apple Google? Apple like, just announced they're making the MacBook Pro in Austin. Great. That's good they're, news. They make seven iPad Pros. Like they make right. iPads and iPhones. But and I mean, you're you're you're, <laughs> you're positing that we can't reproduce what's made at Huawei in Austin. Or I'm saying we have Washington. built a globalized world, and, no, I, I, and, I, I, and I not agree. just factories, but every well, shipping oh, oh, container that we have. I have an answer have. for you, Saigon. Factories are moving. Their skid marks are being left in Beijing on their way to Vietnam. As we speak, literally as we speak, because it's 9 a.m. there. Wait, what's the point of that? They're, if we can't make them here, if we're being nationalists, we can't get her cell phone to call her boyfriend, where's she going to get it from? Saigon. Somebody in Saigon is going to go from 50 cents an hour to 3 bucks an hour, probably on Sunday. And they're going to say, God damn, I'm glad we won that war against America, because I'm making, my daughter's making Nikes and I'm making uh, iPhones. I, That's how trade I, works, actually. I challenge you to find me a really stoked Chinese or something. To make the $3 work in 18 hours a day to make your Nikes. Like, I'm sorry, but $3 bucks an hour? human being. You should be like, I am God bless America. The world is really sad. And there were people starving in rice paddies. And now they have factory jobs. And they're... Yep. They yep. are psyched. Yep. I wouldn't be psyched. It's sad that they're Vietnam is booming. But they're psyched. And I don't mean like 1969 it style. Hey, am I right? It, su- it sucks less than it used to. The percentage of people dying of hunger compared to the 90s is so much yeah. lower sure. because of globalism. And yep. we are shutting that down And because we don't like, I don't know, women having rights or change or, or economic inequality. All things that we should work out. But we're going to destroy the world if we keep this up. And I'm just really freaked out. The, the difference, though, is that a trade war, Smoot Hawley in the 30s, was the U.S. versus the world. This is the United Bueller. States versus China. Bueller. You know, this is the difference, is that it's one on one. And that's why Vietnam is booming right now. And they're saying, thank it's God. It's not one on one. It's ending NAFTA. It's ending the TPP. It's, it's ending trade. And that's what he wants. That's what the populists want. Fun fact more countries. people are dying today from obesity from, than starvation, which is a crazy stat to think about. And it is about globalism. But I think having trade globalism, having economic globalism is not a bad idea. I think the national nationalism is pushing back against political globalism, is what you're seeing in the EU. People are against these political organizations that are being global. Economic organizations, I don't see the issue with. Well, leaving the EU is a weird way to express that. Like, 
Well, they're trying to negotiate. Well, trade they deals still for say it. it in the same sentence. They always say in the Queen's speech the other day that was written by Boris Johnson. She said that <laughs> we we have always wanted to leave the EU and have wonderful economic relationships with them immediately. Can we get water for Ben? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I don't know what happened either. That's That's old lady. That's old lady. Thank you. Um, just for what it's worth, it's a little bit off topic, but another thing that I can't get out of my head that, that my Uber driver today, Ron, said is that um, he came here and got trained as an as an uh, working in electronics, fixing TVs and radios, and those jobs went away because now when a TV or radio breaks, you just buy a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or we've created, yeah, we've created yeah. such yeah. a disposable culture. We don't ever tackle problems. We don't have a craft when we just brush the problem under the rug yeah. and then just fix it. It's all band-aids. That's why I think systemically we really do. God, have progress to... sucks, Ben. That's the problem with inoculation. my TV repairman. Yeah, yeah, ever, <laughs> since, ever since I gave my daughter a smallpox inoculation, she hasn't gotten smallpox. <laughs> I just said it was... <laughs> You think of all think of all the virologists that are out of work. I hope you gave that Uber driver oh one God. star for talking so much. There's this awful trope in journalism called my taxi driver, which is you 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 go to a country to report and you just write a whole column about what your taxi driver said. I've done so many podcasts with my cab drivers. <laughs> I recorded a video with my, with this guy Ron today. Twenty five minutes. I'm gonna release it at some point. Uh, it's like an elite's only attempt in the, all to my, all my That's why I'm defending elitism today. Yeah. I, I fly in stores now. I fly about the country in Burkina Faso, and they're all chewing cod. Like it's the afternoon. So oh, really their teeth. Uh. Check out that candy conversation on Glebe.com, which will have zero visitors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we all agree Joe Biden has to drop out, except Joel thinks he's the ticket to the White House. Right? And Brian. Possibly. He's it. No. Guys, who is the other moderate Cory Booker that can do it? Because Cory Booker doesn't make Spartacus? it take any sense. Cory Booker can do it. Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar. Sort of. she also, she's Klobuchar, makes the worst yes. jokes on earth and she has to stop making jokes. Um, I think Cory Booker is a pretty great move should yeah. the lead campaign not make it through. Yeah, he's your backup. Yep. Yeah, but he's, he's, a, he's a nice man, too. He's yeah. vegan, though. Yeah, I'm fine with that. We gotta get all the meat. <laughs> Did he say he was vegan tonight? Fewer than most vegans do. One for every cow I ate today. Yes. It's, it's totally he's okay. Like, here's the thing with Syria. I'm vegan. And because he's got his finger on the pulse of just the outer rims of America. <laughs> and he has a girlfriend, and he's kissed her on in, in photos. But Pete Buttigieg is going to be his vice president. I'm just saying. I don't understand your point there either. I don't. I'm just what? saying. What's the logic? What? Right, we'll handle he was a tight end. <laughs> I saw I, I saw Cory Booker's girlfriend last night. Exactly, it's true fact. At the premiere of at the premiere of the Jane Silent Bob reboot in theaters now. I'm in the movie. Please go see it. Are you really? I am. Wait, which and one? And so is Rosario Dawson and Chris Hemsworth. Go see it. Which one? Jane Silent Bob reboot. I'm excited. It's pretty exciting. I'm from Jersey. Eight oh, nice. Like Cory Booker. Kevin's a dear yeah. friend. This podcast is on Kevin Smith's network. Oh, nice. Nice. Oh yeah. That's Move a fact. On. Correct. Moving on. Okay, sorry, Ken. Thank you, sir. Treasurer, keeping us on budget, on schedule. All right. Turd versus curds. There was a debate whether a candidate should call the president turd. I said, yep, we should. In a rare show of bipartisan support, many lawmakers denounced the Trump administration's decision to remove military assistance to our ally, who fought by our side, the Kurdish-led Syrian Democratic Forces, last week, prior to a Turkish-led invasion. Republican lawmakers in and in particular, have harshly denounced Trump's decision as a betrayal 
of the Kurds. Again, our friends. And a strategic blunder that will weaken American credibility, reverse gains against ISIS, make it harder for the U.S. to build alliances and give a boost to Russia and Iran. Or as Trump sees it, a great idea. <laughs> Turkey launched its long-threatened incursion into the country moments after our small contingent of just about 50 U.S. troops pulled back from the area. And almost immediately, ISIS fighters started escaping. Innocent Kurds were being slaughtered out in the open. And our allies now partnered with, with Assad in Syria. While Trump administration officials have argued that Turkey would have attacked the Kurds even if U.S. troops had remained, the Kurdish-led Syrian Democratic Forces and a large bipartisan group of U.S. lawmakers have slammed Trump for not opposing the Turkish operation more forcefully. In fact, he gave him permission initially. And for taking no concrete action to stop it. Is this a foreign policy blunder by Trump, or does it fall in line with Trump's America first isolationism policies? I do agree that this is a, this is something that is firing up the Republican uh, Republicans because this is an issue that's easier to understand for the public, right? It's it's not as complicated like he made this phone call and blah, blah, blah. it's like we were fighting with our friends and now we are leaving them out to dry. Like that's a to very die. to die. die. And, and that's a very simple, it's like Americans can understand, oh, wait, they were our friends. And Loyalty. Now and now we're fucking them over and, like, leaving them. It's and actually worse than that. Mm-hmm. Explain. It's worse. Um, uh, we actually, the Kurds have always been on Assad's side because Assad and his dad have always protected minorities in, in Syria because they're minorities. And we had to get there and uh, pull fat out of the fire and convince them that we were there for the long run and that, if they like what happened in Iraq in the 90s, northern Iraq, if they like that rump state that the Peshmerga created, we'll do that here in Syria. But you have to help us fight ISIS. The Kurds were never fighting Assad. Assad protected them. And Assad had a deal with them, which was, you take it, you keep it. And they were doing it. And we came there and we said, even better, you help us fight ISIS and America's on your side and we will back an autonomous state here in eastern Syria. Um, but... Uh, you have to, you know, take our leadership, our weapons, our training, etc., and our guidance. And they did. They believed in us. They bought us. And they've they never had a state. Because this is why their are dream. We done? Well, the, uh, Kurds, Kurds, Kurds are the largest ethnicity on earth without their own country. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Turkey, uh, Syria, Iraq, Iran, parts of Armenia. Um, the world. We all fucked them over a hundred years ago. And it yeah. turns out, in my experience, that memories in the Middle East. Kind of long. You know, like, who lost the Super Bowl last year? The Rams! Okay, we don't remember. Um, but, but I here, blocked it up. This is where this betrayal is, is so just to the bone. Is that out of the clear blue sky, they were told on Sunday, gotta go. And they knew what was happening. And that's why tonight, Russian MPs and, Rus- and the Russian army are in, are they're, are they're um, occupying all the American bases that we had uh, for the past four years. Which we left. Well, we we pulled away. out so fast mm, yeah. that we left. We didn't even flush our tanks. Really yeah. good tech there. No. And now but the Russians have it. But this, this is, we, we have not, pull up pull, uh, of course, obviously everything is political <laughs> domestically. Here in the United States, this really has not dropped. The, 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 uh, the, the, the 06s, the colonels, and the Brigadier Generals over there have not got off the C-17s at Andrews Air Force Base in D.C. to talk to their congressmen and senators. But, but they are sensing that this was a single phone call that did something so profoundly, amazingly inept that in one fell swoop, because the Russians don't need a second phone call. 
Lavrov was on the on the plane to Erbil. Um, you know, this is Republican Brian Suits talking about the way. For the, 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 they don't the need Republican. they don't need a second invite when the Syrian Kurds say we need airplanes dropping bombs on the fucking Turks because if you don't know this, folks, it was a thing called the Ottoman Empire, and about a hundred years ago it was destroyed because they picked the wrong side of World War One. I'll take that as a cue. Let me speed it up. You're not talking to your mind. I'm going to yawn. Anyway, uh, we fucked over people who bled for us. We fucked over people who bled for us. And I know this because in Iraq, uh, I fought with the Peshmerga. We brought them down into the area that I fought in. And we got shit done because those guys believed in us. Because for, for the 90s, the U.S. Air Force was over their country. Mm-hmm. And they made a country. They made newspapers, Autonomy. universities, courts, police. And we promised the Syrian Kurds. Do you see that shit? We'll do that here, and we did for three years. And anyway, um, I uh, th- this is part of the reason I'm not a Republican anymore. Is, oh, okay. is, is wow. because you already left. Not Republican, Brian Suits. Because <laughs> because the guy who made that phone call last Sunday is not this, a Republican. That's, that's fucking insane. And he See, won't. And about. he won't listen to anyone who says Shh, mute. Right. Mute the speakerphone. Yeah. There's three Kurds. There's the bad Kurds in Turkey, the good Kurds in Iraq, and the so-so Kurds in Syria. And you just fucked over the so-so Kurds. Um, so he did. So this is going to be, we're going to be dealing with this, folks. Yes. We're dealing with this for 20 years. So as of last Sunday, if we don't unfuck this this week, and we're not going to. How do you think we unfuck it? Just put the truth right back in? You tell them to turn around. Today we already did a demonstration close air support thing. and Anyway, it's, it's not going to. But but uh, no, this is this is a twenty year. This is like Carter not backing the Shah. I want to add a little bit more context because this is what I specialize in in my master's degree is the Kurds. Um, and we're out of time. So he went into the, the bad Kurds, the ones in Turkey, the so-so Kurds in Syria, and the good Tur- good Kurds in Iraq. And I had a chance Just to go Kurds. and hang out with the. The Iraqi Kurds last year, and they loved Trump. I met kids named Trump. They had restaurants named Trump. They had Trump hats. They had American flags everywhere. I met one of the Peshmerga soldiers who works with uh, U.S. Special Forces, and he wears an American flag on his uniform. Wow. Uh, his name is Mo, and he is so mad at the United States right now. He does not wear that flag anymore, and it's just so sad what's happening. And if you look back, you said a hundred years ago they got fucked. Basically, he's talking about after World War One. Woodrow Wilson promised them a state, promised to give them a state, and it never came out. Instead, they got split into four different countries. Iran's the other country. Those Kurds are more docile right now. Um, and, you know, we're pulling out. And what is this? We primarily have our, our main alliance with the Iraqi Kurds. And right now, they're looking at what we just did to the Syrian Kurds, and they're afraid we're going to abandon them, too. And what that is going to cause is pushing them closer to Iran. And it's already happening. And how do you feel for your South Korea or Taiwan right now? Yeah, it's nervous. Like, yeah. 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 Like, wait, wait. 39,000 of you are on our country. All you got to do is make a phone call and all the Americans leave South Korea. Because you're the guy you send love letters to. Right. Well, I need to wait, add, so I want to add you... something to that as oh. well. I'm sorry. Just, but but even what's even worse is that before they pulled out, they actually convinced the Kurds to leave their own defensive battlements. They had no choice. You they really didn't. So, like, they had to actually withdraw even their defensive positions before they withdrew. Which so here's an area you have a lot of expertise in. And and you think the president was ignored any expertise and made a horrible decision. Yep. And you probably you've seen him cozy up to, to Kim Jong un and, and all kind of Putin and dictators. And, and we have everybody. foreign policy is so important when you're the largest yep. army in the world times ten. And Billy Bush. And, 
And, uh, <laughs> no, well, yes, that's where I'm going. How do you support this guy knowing that he's in charge of our military? So I liked a lot of the other foreign policy achievements he's pushed, mainly the Israel issue and different issues in Asia. But with this Kurdish issue, I cannot get on board with it. I have been speaking but, out... But, but forget the specific... I mean, I, I trust you're your... You're talking case. in general. I'm just saying you yeah. have experienced something that you know a lot about. Yes. And that other people do too, and he ignored them and did something horrible. So he hasn't I'm putting, achieved anything in Israel either, so overall, why do you support him? He, he's achieved a lot in Israel, but, but what I'm, I'm saying, doing you know right now... He's, you know he's ignoring experts. Just the, the way he runs foreign policy, how does that not scare you so enough not to vote what, for him? What a lot of the Trump supporters that have platforms like I do are doing is we're putting immense pressure on not only him, but his administration, and we're seeing him come over a little bit, right? He, he's imposing sanctions, though they're not weak enough at all. They're not even close to what we need. He's just reimposing a tariff that we already had eight months ago. It's ridiculous. We should have a lot more than that. So Trump doesn't listen to people who are automatically against him. So what you have to do is say, hey, look, I voted for you, which I did, and you are doing this and it is wrong. But that's a world you feel safe in. Yes. You feel safe having someone who you think is not listening to experts and is erratic with his finger on the Making button. decisions because randomly Because maybe if I make call. him feel like I voted for him and I like him, I can have some influence. I can push him a little bit. No, no, no. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he listens to his base, and a lot of his base is saying this to him, and he changes what he did. What a little thing to it. hope for. I mean, that's a it's lot of hope. It's already starting to happen slowly. It's not enough, but he's that's starting to come over more man. to it. What do you mean slowly? As Kurds get killed, as ISIS fighters get released, slowly when? There were some operations today, as he said. They're, they're starting to push sanctions. There needs to be more. I'm on that side. There needs to be more. But saying, I'm not going to vote for him because he's doing that, or actually putting influence in him, hoping that he changes or, course. Or having a president who's willing to listen to expert and knows something. We don't Isn't have time that for that. Option? We don't have time for no, that. No, we Trump, don't. Trump needs this for question now. For a president who is an expert and willing to listen to expert. And then the it problem, has not how been many And while you wait for that. And then, Trump needs the pressure on him now, and he needs it from you his face. Four more he's not going to listen this? to you guys. Well, that's not an argument, for four, more. That's not an argument for four more years. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. But I'm we're asking about, that. Joel's asking yeah, that question. Exactly. I'm saying that if Trump changes course now, he will still have my vote. But if he Let's doesn't, he will not he have doesn't. my vote. Let's just throw that out there. I will not vote there. for him. Okay. I, won't, I will not. Right. Now, if he's up against a Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren... I'm not voting for anyone. That's your point. I think he, uh, yeah. former Republican Cassie Dillon. Like I say, we former, did it. Foreign intelligence <laughs> services are already saying he's going to win. Here's my my problem is this time next year, uh, Vladimir Putin's going to be in Oslo for the uh, Nobel Peace Prize. You know, Stockholm is all the other Nobel prizes. Ethiopian Os- Oslo is the uh, Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, Putin's going to win the Peace Prize this time next year. Greta Thunberg will be snubbed again. Um, because he is, he is injecting his army between the Turks and the Syrians as we speak, and it almost feels orchestrated uh, because he will impose a ceasefire, and we left. And, and so, uh, because Russia's number one foreign policy goal is to just cockblock America with everything we do, and he just did it. It was, like I say, it was an own goal. This, this was a... I don't. I, I'm going to stop. I like you with the football. I'm going to stop the soccer, um, or the baseball. Uh, yeah, this 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 was a pass ball. Uh, I follow that at all. Well, he said, <laughs> why? He said I, I like tennis. Oh, he said, I I said own goal. You see base. You see Ben sports or something. Man. <laughs> um, and, and so this is my my. I like one, I like my, drawing. My number one problem is that he just in one phone call just did a net gain. For the guy who now gets to 
run Ukraine and say, wait, hold on a second. With one phone call, Trump did something that's a net gain for Vladimir Putin? Who saw that coming? That's so crazy that he's actually doing stuff to benefit Russia and to hurt us. It's it's not just Putin that's benefiting. Isn't this from what this? the Democrats have been saying for years that he his interest is to benefit Russia, not to benefit America? Democrats have not been yeah. saying it for yeah. years. That's we have been problem. saying this. What do you mean? That's the entire basis of why we believed he should Are be removed from office. With, Debbie Wasserman with the whole Schultz. witch hunt, as he Are calls you it. Ser- when Debbie Wasserman Schultz had to resign as the DNC chair, not one Democrat came out and said, "Fucking Russians." Wait, what? I don't what? get it. Say what? Explain. In 2016, the chairman of the DNC had her email hacked the yes. by the Russian, by the GRU, and not one Democrat said, uh, you know what, Bill Belichick saw the playbook. That's a football analogy, yep. which is a sport. That <laughs> they videotaped their opponent's sports. Nobody said that, but she, re- she had to resign, and Donna Brazil took over the DNC in, in July of 2016, and nobody said, fucking Russians. Obama didn't. I'm just saying we've been saying it about Trump the whole time. Uh, We're saying he was elected. Yes, but all I'm saying is we've been saying that his his interests are. It's very clear how in that weird after you got elected that in before because the evidence wasn't there there yet. He said publicly, "If you're listening, Russia, please hack the emails." That was your evidence, right? And we said it then. So Russia is benefiting from this indirectly. The main actor that's benefiting from this is Bashar al-Assad. He, the Kurds had autonomy in Syria before this happened. Now that Bashar al-Assad is putting his forces there, the Kurds are going to lose autonomy. And I do think that they will, cra- they will clash with the Kurds as well. And I also want to point out the main argument the Trump supporters are making in favor of pulling out is, well, you don't want to send your boys and kids, you don't want to send your boys and girls to die there. There are 50 special forces there and intelligence officers there. 50. 50 people being there in a peaceful region. There is no clashes really breaking out there. It was very peaceful. Is those fifty people being removed is now leading to more than fifty people? But, but let me just so, say that. So, so this is actually the strongest anti-Trumpness that I've heard from your side. But, but, and, and do you think that this I is going you? to? Do you think that this issue is actually going to sway the Republican base? If, no. If a massive, I do think so. If a massive, I don't think really they decide on the lines yes. of foreign policy. If it happened in twenty, very August, if it happened in in, in October twenty twenty, that's right. But but I mean here's the thing that I know is it was it was more like with think of your that, questions that, by the way questions coming in a second in, 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 like in, the, in the swath okay, we'll go a bit uh, the fifty mile swath inside of, of Turkey it was more like more over a thousand American troops there but none of you are there it's on the Syrian your brother border. isn't there your uh, your uncle isn't there it's less than one percent of the population and bottom line what I've learned through hard experiences that the average American says support the troops but they really don't have an individual connection. Um, th- this is an inside baseball club. Yeah. Yes. We're pissed. We're really pissed. Yeah. But the average American understands, you know, fucking over, as we say, blue falconing or buddy fucking uh, a friend. What is so, happening? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, and now inside baseball, is that a baseball analogy? So we, so we, yeah, I think that's a tennis thing. So we, we, blue falconing? So we, we blue falcon the, the Kurds. And, and, and American, American soldiers and Marines hate, of all things, the worst thing you can be is a blue falcon. And and we just did it. Oh, fucking them over. Fucking, your yeah, fucking yeah, them in a good way. Buddy fucking negative fucking. It's like, oh, wait. They buddy mistake, fucking can be great in a lot of context. Like, this is what I mean, <laughs> tell me. This is what I mean when I said this is an issue that is easier to for the average American to understand is we understand the concept of fucking over your brother. 
I or mean, your buddy. I will say it's, no, pretty easy. it's pretty easy to understand. The president called the president of Ukraine and said, if you want weapons, investigate my political opponent. Yeah, that's what he said. That's what he said. But, but the spin is harder, I think. The maybe spin is the way the spin harder. Is, he yeah. easily just says it's not Everyone's true, corrupt. the perfect collar was yeah. corrupt. And so, also, let me just say this, obviously you always have to try to figure out what the unintended consequences can be, and if it is true that then Putin creates a ceasefire and wins next year's Nobel Peace Prize, can you imagine the incredibly sad, moving speech that Greta Thunberg will give to her parents? It is unfair, they stole this from me, don't you understand? I took a sailboat. They stole my childhood. They stole it. I took. I was on a boat. I got scurvy. Don't you understand? And now Putin has a a thing, and the world is dying. How dare you? And they're like, go to your room, take a time out. We will bury you alive. I try to tie it back. I try to tie it back. Gleam should play Greta Thunberg in the Lifetime movie. Okay. That was someone murdered my husband. Just a just a directed by Kevin Smith. To personalize the conflict, this is what you all know. The common domesticated hamster originated in Aleppo in 1933. What is happening? <laughs> what? For the record, hamsters are from Aleppo, and I love Greta Thunberg and, and, and the out-of-fix environment. Roll the I just want to point out that roll Cassie was in Aleppo in April 2017. And Cassie was on and a Cassie cruise ship in Aleppo. Cassie was in a private plane going to Aleppo. I was invited by the president of Aleppo. <laughs> God himself the invited hamster. Cassie with to Mo, With Mo the child Kurt. Hamsters. Hate us up. <laughs> Any again, questions again. from the audience? Them time for I, like think, I think the point, obviously, though, is please, for president, support Cassie Dillon, 2020, <laughs> stateswoman. Um, Brian Ships, VP. <laughs> okay, quest Brian Suits. Oh, Brian Suits. suits. Oh wow, I thought he gave him a new nickname. He was on a ship. Suits. Suits. Impeach Dillon. Cassie, <laughs> ship Brian. I, no. <laughs> okay, questions from the audience, and also any question, any comment, and anything. Also, quick programming note post this show immediately in the improv restaurant. I'm buying a beer for anybody who wants to come. It's an, a Beers with Ben campaign event right there. We'll talk for an hour or so campaign about the issues that matter to you. Violation. I want to tell you about the campaign. <laughs> anything. What is it? Campaign. Why is it? I'm not getting paid to be here. It's not a campaign violation. This is my podcast. I can promote whatever the fuck I want on my podcast. I've checked all of my lawyers. Also, if you have $2,800. a month. Please come to this Beers with Ben. I'm buying beers. You're all welcome. Even you, Cassie. You can get a, a Ben Glee Boobies sticker set. I got some stickers in my pockets. I got some stickers in my pockets. Okay, questions, comments, question please. question or comment? We have time for one. Anybody? Anybody? Or two. I'm going to get two, and if we get two. Please, right here. Okay. Microphone for her, please. There we go. Um, so, so they say that basically everybody's a single issue voter at the end of the day. And I was wondering if your favorite candidate, what is like the single issue that would either make you not vote for them or make you vote for them? Helen Hong. Uh, I mean, Don't tell me. Abortion, for sure. Abortion rights. Are you pro? Or? <laughs> I think we should all be forced to have abortions. I think we should, I, think, abortions. I think we should have abortion punch cards. You get, you do four, you get the fifth one free. They've just yes. made their ad. They made their attack ad yes. on the right. Yep. No, but you would just believe that that's the issue. Yeah, that can't be because I, I just can't imagine. I mean, imagine a world where we like in, you know, next year abortion becomes illegal in this country. 
imagine, <laughs> Im- imagine that. Like, was that a dude clapping? Just, it's not hard, but, but that's not, it's not hard for conservatives to imagine that. Where are we? Saudi Arabia? I was like, going to offer to have sex with you, but now, no. <laughs> By the way, uh, I, also my family sense. is from South Korea. <laughs> South, in South Korea, abortion is technically illegal. Everyone has them. Everyone has them because it's it's it, it is what makes society run smoothly. I, I hate to say. And the number one birth control myth in Japan is the pill because illegal. It's a, birth, it's a bad scene. I mean, one I, birth I, control I is serious. I'm, pulling out. I, I mean, a real. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Here's Siegfried Roy. No, I, I, I agree with you. I'm here's, the reason I'm an outcast with Republicans is because I'm a atheist, not agnostic. I'm an atheist because turns out. Not a god. But, um, yeah, that's why I, I agree with you. If someone wants to make the decision, I wish they wouldn't, but they can do it. Right. That's the biggest reason for conservatives, I think, to, to talk to conservatives about that issue is to say, whether you're for it or against it, it happens anyway. It's just going to happen in incredibly Precisely. dangerous ways also, that will kill way, your girlfriends it's and your wives greatest, and your mistresses. The greatest leverage I have with my 10-year-old daughter is I might make a time machine. And... <laughs> Right, right. Go back and not have her. That one I understood. That one I understood. You, you go keep, back and not have her. You keep this and, shit up. Right. And also, it is I will bury you alive. Before <laughs> you were even born. I'll pull out the cotton it, it tube really, It impacts poor people more. I didn't because say the rich women are still going to have abortions. They'll go to Canada. They'll go to Europe. Wherever they need right. to go. Which, rich women have always had abortions safely, no problem. It, there, it's going to be more poor people. And and it's it, like more of a shit show than we have now. And to those but right who now, say, more people are having the abortion. And there go your crime statistics. No, and it's to, the those who say, to those who say to those who say that that a that a fetus is a human life, here's a a, a fact: you can freeze embryos. People do it all the time, and then unfreeze them anytime in the future that you want, and they continue growing. Here's another fun fact: you cannot freeze human like babies. <laughs> so if you think they're the same. Try put tell your two year old one wait, more wait, word wait, out of you. Wait, You're wait, in the freezer. It's not medically not for lack of correct argument. Well, you're talking about eggs yeah. that are not fertilized. You, you can't, no, no, I'm talking about fertilized eggs. Yeah, but you can't. You can freeze embryos you now. Look this up. You can't freeze a second trimester fetus. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, you, you can freeze a first trimester fetus. No, you can't. Yes, you but can. Is it, early, is early on, if it's at four weeks, you cannot freeze yeah. a four Once week old baby. If the point of 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 life is at conception, it dismantles that argument. No, to no, say that you no, can no, freeze it. Doesn't. it just because it's frozen doesn't mean it's, it's not. What? It's implantation. It's, it's, it's not. Well, that's congratulations, Ben. I, I, I explained this on the show. I mean, basically the line is different for everyone. So there are conservatives who think it is at conception. Right. And then there are conservatives that say it's implantation. And then there are conservatives that say, hold on, there's some wiggle room. So yeah. And you really have to say, like, it really is different for every conservative. Okay. And there are conservatives yes. who don't use religion to defend it. I've been in this yeah. stage several times that I've never used religion to, to defend being pro-life. I just Ever. wish people didn't have an abortion, but if they don't want to have a kid, I agree. They shouldn't be a mother. What? Thank you. All right, guys, let's wrap this up. Okay. One more question. The rest of us, quickly, with the issue that is the one issue for you. Please, Joel. Oh, God, we're still on this? I guess so. (laughs) Uh, I just like to be thorough. Who is my unexpected friend? Was that the question? (laughs) That was the debate question. Who's your special friend? Was it John McCain? (laughs) Everybody said John McCain. I I don't have a single issue. I wish someone would advocate bringing our country together and... 
and advocate expertise. I guess foreign policy is the most important thing to me just because we're such a behemoth of a country. We can do so much good and so much damage. So I would like someone who knew something about that. Mm. I say more Jews in Texas. Right? I like that, Ken. Brian? Not just Dallas. Uh, It it would be uh, foreign trade, but I would do a far better job of of explaining to people that it's not about the world. It's about China. It's about getting low-balled. And it's about California drywallers 30 years ago could send a kid to college, but now they're being low-balled by guys getting eight bucks an hour. So that, that's what I would do. That would be my number one issue because that would resonate from Wisconsin to, you know. So that UK. more than Blue Falcon. <laughs> and also never be a Blue Falcon. Right. <laughs> this is an anti-friends with benefits message. I'm so confused. Cassie. The economy. Nice and, nice and simple. I love that. That was my answer, by the way. And for me, it would be getting rid of corruption because it's a bipartisan issue. Both sides agree if we don't get rid of the big int- the interests of big business mm. in our government, we'll never tackle in any way the problems that all of us care about, no matter what problem you care about. Did you vote for Hillary? What's that? Did you vote for Hillary? Yeah, not my, not my favorite <laughs> choice. Well, Good luck. <laughs> Brian keeps coughing. It's weird. Yeah. It was between Hillary and Donald Trump, you guys. That was like a, a corruption sandwich and a corruption all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> and that's why he's running for president. Give a round of applause for Ben Gleeson. Helen Hong, Joel Stein, Cassie Dillon, Brian Suits, Secret Dark Place, In Defense of Elite Tips, and the Lo- Dark Secret Place radio show, The Lone Conservative Blog, Helen Hong, Funny Helen Hong on Twitter, The Real Joel Stein, Joel Stein, uh, at... The cat at Cassie Dillon, K S K S S Y, and what are what are you on social? You're impossible to find. At Dark Secret Place, uh, KFI, we're the number one news talk station in America. So yeah, you I are. Understand how obscure it is. No, the social media for you. Very hard to find. At Dark Secret Place. At Dark Secret Place. At Dark Secret Place. What the hell does that mean? Great. Where people will be getting abortions in the future if yeah. Republicans win again. For free. On that happy note, thank you guys for being here. Been saying good night. Let's give a round of applause to we the people, guys. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth.